On today's episode of Family Flowers Only, I speak to Mary McHugh. Mary is a psychotherapist with over 25 years experience and the owner of counsellingonline.ie. We sat down and spoke about her own experiences of loss, one being the breakdown of her marriage when she was pregnant with her third child. We also answered all of your questions that you guys sent in from how to cope with guilt, feeling numb, how to know if therapy is right for you and the feeling of not wanting to be here anymore. I absolutely adore Mary. She has such a calm and warming presence to her and I do hope that you enjoy our conversation. Hi Mary. Hi Kathy. How are you? <laughs> I'm You're good. You rushed in the door there. I was like, come on, get in. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden I'm here. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. I'm so happy to see you. And I'm so happy to meet you yes. because we haven't actually met in person, but I have been talking to you. Uh, some people might know your voice, actually, from uh, the intro in this podcast. You have yeah. been so wonderful supporting me in getting this podcast out there. And through talking to you and what you do, I said, why don't you come in and chat? Because I loved your story. I loved why you set up the business. And we'll chat about that. But also today you are coming on. We're going to have a little chat about um, certain things that people have sent in some questions. So we're going to chat about that. So you are from Mayo. Am mm -hmm. I right in saying that? Ackle Island? Yes, I'm from Ackle Island. Okay. Yeah, beautiful Ackle Island. And we are going to chat a little bit um, about, I suppose, your career. You are a psychotherapist. Am I right in saying yeah, that too? Yeah, psychotherapist. Yeah. So I've been a psychotherapist. Oh, my God. I'd say 25 years plus, a long time. Wow. Uh, yeah, a long time. And what drew you to that field, I wonder? I suppose my own personal history would have brought me there. Mm. Um, I always wanted, um, I was always a, a minder or, you know, always looking after um, people. I think that was my my drive was to take care of others in some way. Um, so I, I remember, I tell you what I remember was the Sunday world and there was Dear Linda on the Sunday world. And I just loved that every Sunday I would. So I think that's um, it was always there that problems and, you know, just listening and, and, and being able, I suppose, you know, to, to hold that. So and life itself, you know, showed me in lots of different ways. Um, I've experienced many different things in my life um, and that has, I suppose, everything is for a reason and, and brought me to the road where I, where I ended up. Um, so one of the things I know we were going to touch on is, I suppose, one of your experiences of loss, because this podcast is about grief and mm. loss, um, was the breakdown of a marriage, which yes. so many people ask me about. But unfortunately, it's kind of hard to get people to speak because maybe they don't want to share that personal living grief really yes. um, but it is unspoken about but it is something that I know you experienced with uh, um, a number yeah. of years back nearly 30 years ago I can I can feel the heat rising as as <laughs> you know because I suppose it is it's, it's a difficult topic um, to talk about um, so yeah so I was uh, very young I was um, pregnant with my third child when my marriage broke up and Wow. And and nobody's fault, really, except that we were maybe very young and um, yeah, so we had rushed maybe into marriage. So um, but the breakup part of it for me, um, <clears throat> I remember it being so 
isolating. So back in the the early 90s, um, a marriage breakup just wasn't the thing. And um, I remember when my son um, was born, um, I was right in the throes of the the grieving process of of just the devastation of a marriage breakdown. And we don't walk up the aisle for it to break down. So it, it is a huge impact on on me. It was a huge to own it. It was a huge impact on me. And I remember. But for my son, I probably wouldn't have been able to, to get out of bed every day. I had to get up. I had to feed him. I had to do all of these things. Life had to carry on for me. But the thing that I found was nobody asked me, how was I? Nobody asked, how how are you? Um, and I can feel the emotion in that. And and it was like, you know, I used to say, wow, if um, my ex-husband had died, um, I had something to visit. I had something to grieve. But but, you know, so he was he was still walking on the earth and and yet it was gone. Um, so I remember that being very, very strong at that time, um, that trying to come to terms with he's not dead, but it felt like a death for me. It was it was the end of um, and it was that there was nobody there. And I, I, you know, I just remember that feeling of, you know, that I might have had support or whatever. Now, in fairness, I did have quite a few callers to visit the baby when the baby was born. <laughs> so again, back in the 90s, it was more, you know, so mm. so that was there and that was maybe for a different reason that mm. I had so many callers um, and that as well was hard, you know, so there's that underlying stuff that went on maybe quite a few years ago, the unsaid mm. sort of stuff, the wanting to know what's going on, but but not able to say are you OK, Mary? I hear that, you know, so I had three, three small kids at the time. So devastating that time was, for you. Yeah. And I was young, I suppose. And um, <clears throat> but did you feel in that moment, did you actually feel the the things that maybe you were thinking about was the loss of the future? You know, I thought we would grow old together. All those all, kind of things. All the dreams, mm. you know, the dreams of for my children, The mm. you know, so Look, the relationship wasn't great. We were young, mm. you know, and, and thankfully today we have a good relationship. Mm. I have a good relationship with him and his partner, as he does with me and my partner. Mm. And, and and that's really good uh, for my children. It it really wasn't for me. It was my dreams for my children. Mm. That was that was the piece. And um, that was really hard that, you know, and I suppose then becoming mother and father and, you know, all the things you, you do. Um, during a breakdown of a relationship, it's it's very difficult. There's overcompensating. There's, you know, getting things right, getting things wrong, you know. So that's that's all there in the mix, and mm. and that yeah. So a lot of loss. But you came through that. <clears throat> yes. Um, that that grief, I suppose, of the, of the loss, I suppose, that you um navigated, and the grief that mm. you navigated shaped a different uh, side of you as well. And oh, absolutely. that is something that probably feeds into part of your work today. Um, and I know that I spoke to you. This is why I was like, oh, you need to come on and talk to me. Um, you were telling me about your business, of course, mm. is counsellingonline.ie. Yes. Um, I first came across it in the lockdown, I believe. I was we couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And literally it was like, 
online counselling and there you were. <laughs> and I loved actually that it was .ie because I was like, that's Irish. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I loved was when I was chatting to you, you were telling me actually how you started it, mm-hmm. that it was a Google search, wasn't it? From someone in the United States? Yeah. Or so, a client yeah, of yours? Absolutely. No. So I was working um, on a suicide prevention page. Um, it was a Facebook page that had been set up. Um, I came on board and it just was blowing itself out of the water, the amount of uh, people that was coming onto this page. And um, so I, I suppose I took on w- working this page with this other with another person um, and, and it was just getting bigger and bigger. And we had a lot of therapists and a lot of support people working on it. Um, so it was just an instant messaging response to people and they could access it whenever they wanted. And it, it, it was just full on all the time. So um, on one of the evenings that I was working, um, this lady, um, her name is Liana, um, and she was actually Googling the word suicide, looking for a way to die and came across this Facebook page. And when she did that, she found us um, and I remember speaking with her and spoke with her over many weeks. Um, she was at that time in, in a really difficult place in her life. Um, she was isolated. She was in her room. The only way she communicated with her husband was via email and he was outside the door. Um, so her husband had to take care of the whole housekeeping plus work. Um, and she was really, really sick, emotionally, mentally sick. Um, and then she'd come on and she'd say, you know, Mary, would you be my therapist? And I said, no way. <laughs> there is no way you can't do therapy online. Um, that was my initial. And um, so she would have asked time and time again. And, and I said, no, um, I, I, I can't do it. I'm not insured to do it. Um it goes against all of my training. So she came on then another night and she was due to um, get the electric shock treatment. Um, that was the next port of call with her psychiatrist. And I sat there and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what have we to lose here? So I said, look, it, I'm going to work with you, but nothing crosses. So no money. Um, I don't want to be paid for it. I am doing this to do it, to support you. So that's how we did it. I had to really manage the boundaries because there was drinking, there was um, there was lots of stuff. So I had to be quite firm with the boundaries. These are the conditions in which I will work with you. Um, And she agreed. So every week for one hour, we worked together. So initially it started off with with typing. Um, and then it started off with telephone. So it was only years later we realized that we both had our eyes closed during. So I, I remember so clearly, like, I mean, it taught me so much that I was actually in the room with her and um, I could feel myself. So she lived in America, Portland in, in uh, America. I could feel myself in the room with her um, when she was describing whatever it was she was describing. And I was just blown away by this because we were millions of miles away and yet we were together. Um, so then which is why you were saying no initially, you didn't think it would. Oh, work. absolutely. I, I was full sure it wouldn't work. And and it was like 
here is this evidence. And I suppose then I came up over time, came up with a catchphrase, wherever you are, we are um, and and we are. You know, it's about us really, you know, setting that intention and being there. And, and, and it's about presence, you know. So if I can be present with somebody, I'm with you. And and that proved with Leanna. Yeah, that it works yeah, online. That it works. Mm. And again, who, who are we to say? Like, I remember, uh, you know, we used to say, no, counselling online is just a stepping stone to get you face to face. And then I realised, no, that's not right. That's that's my thinking. Mm. But that may not be somebody else's thinking. And what right have I to say? Sure. So we began to see because with Liana, she wasn't able to let herself be seen. Wow, yes. She couldn't. And, and, and that was the slow, that was our pro- process. Like she went from um, typing to me being seen and her not to then her eventually showing herself. And being seen. And she now works a full time job. She has zero psychiatric medication. She was on a whole pleasure of medication. And that's because she has done the work. You know, as I say, we have a, a great job of being a witness. Like, you know, as you have here, Kathy. Mm. like it is such just to to be a witness on a journey when somebody is navigating through the shit um, and and actually just just to be here, you know, to be there. And, and that doesn't matter where we are. It can be we've worked in Japan, we've worked all over the place and we're sitting in Ireland, in Ackill Island or wherever our therapists happen to be sitting, you know. I, I'm I I'm such a huge advocate for it yeah. because I didn't think that either. Yeah. And it fully works. When you do it online, it really does. I mean, but that's so interesting that you say that is that actually you would forget that some people can't be seen. They can't leave where they are. No. And it's important to bridge that gap. So you set up obviously counselling online Mm. and just to briefly say you have a whole range of therapists working for you now on that Website? Yes. yes. And I have to mention Danica Monk. <laughs> Danica Monk was my, um, the two of us set it up together. Um, in and 2011? Maybe, in 2011. And, and about um, four years ago, she just, she just had enough. <laughs> she couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. And she stayed in the background for a while, but she has flown her wings. And, and we are, to this day, the best of friends. So we had such an amicable um, breaking up of of a business, and she's she's always there, for, you know, for me. She's been super super um, friend, and now today we have about you know thirty therapists, and and really great, you wow. know, like it's a whole team. We're a whole team, and um, you know, I suppose that there is competitors that have came in thinking now because it's um, but like we were doing it underground back in twenty eleven. Um, I didn't let my accrediting body, nobody know that I was doing this because it was so against the grain. And we were, excuse me, you can hear the anxiety. We were tut-tutted um, by our peers for doing what we were doing. Wow. Yeah. So it's, and, and now today it's it's okay to do it. But I suppose my thinking was people needed it back then. They needed now um, and that was our thing. We needed to get to reach people that weren't being reached, that were just an example. We had a guy and um, he couldn't get to the doctor's surgery. His anxiety was so high. So we 
typed with him as he made his journey to the GPs. So so that was the kind of work we were doing on the suicide prevention page. And we wow. were saying there were so many people, they weren't able to come to the front door of an office. So they needed to be met. So we needed to meet them. And and we did against um, everything. Wow. You know, yeah, That's it was very scary at the time. It's remarkable, Mary. <clears throat> Incredible. Really I suppose, is. yeah, I suppose I, I look back now and, and I see I'm, I'm big into the generational legacies um, and I see fear and anxiety is one of the traits I got down my lineage. But courage is there, too. Mm. And, and I have a huge amount of courage. I look back on my life and and I have been courageous. Um, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, but courage is 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 a big part, too. Mm. Yeah. No matter what. Even when you are afraid, you oh, go yeah. for it anyway. I'll do my best. So <laughs> inspiring, yeah. I'll do my best. It's really yeah. inspiring. That story really, yeah, to you. me, I thought, wow. Because you know what I love? I love when someone sets up a business for the right reason. It's not just, it's not all about money oh, or no, gain. It, it, no, it wasn't about money. At and, all. No, yeah. and unfortunately it, has, unfortunately it has to, it has had, in order to sustain it as a business, it has had to become about of money. Of course, I understand that. But it's a heart. I tell people it's a, a heart business, a business from the heart. Um, and, and that's, we're very transparent. Everyone that works in counselling online, um, we are all equal. And, and I, because empowerment is huge for me and that's part of my own past and my story, the empowerment of the human being, because there is nobody that doesn't struggle in some way or other. And and we know what you're listening to it, you know, with these brave people, you know, that are really telling their stories yourself, you know, and what you have gone through. So it's there's nobody that doesn't struggle. Nobody. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've come to realise that yeah. everyone has their story. Every, and and there's nearly a relief in that, you know, because we all have. We all have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to uh, maybe dive into some of the questions yes, because yes. I put up and now poor Mary's on the spot here. I'll do my best. <laughs> they, what time last night, like Kathy decides to go, oh, do you know what? I forgot to put up the post. That's the story of my life. But there was a ton of <clears> questions <throat> that came yeah. in. Tons of them. Um, where to start, I wouldn't even know. Um, I think because we're speaking about counselling and therapy, I'd love to just maybe start on that. Somebody <clears> asked <throat> me, when to know what's the right time for therapy and if I need it at all. OK, um, I know you need to leave time mm, um, after a loss. Absolutely. Um, definitely not straight away. <coughs> Apologies. <coughs> definitely not straight away. Um, I really see, I suppose, in my work that nature is amazing. Nature is so amazing and it's like. You go on to another plane when something so devastating happens to you um, that my feeling is nearly for the first year, there's like a plaster put over everything. It's like and and very slowly you often hear that in the second year, it's like, how come I'm, I'm it's now. But but actually, I think and, and I don't know, some people will call it God more than um you know, what, whatever it is you put on that. But but life or the universe that that actually uh, a bomb has been put over you because the severity of the trauma would be so annihilating. 
um, if you were to get the full impact of it. So so a bam comes over you, I feel. And and after maybe the first year, that bam slowly and, and it's like, oh, my sweet Jesus, you start to really begin to feel, maybe even to shake because the frozen is there, the the numbness, the whatever way we cope and, and everybody copes so differently. Um, I was listening to the lady um, last week. Um, oh, sorry, Annette. Annette, Annette. Yes. And she said everybody's grief is different. And, and it is. It's like it's like a Christmas cake. And everybody has different ingredients that they put into it. And we're made up of so much, so many different ingredients of life that the impact affects me so different than it would affect my sister or my brother. And it doesn't mean that they're not affected. Just we're all affected in a different way and we have all a different coping mechanism, given all the ingredients that's made us to today. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the piece. So I would I would say, you know, I suppose what I do with somebody that, that I would know that's grieving, that is so in the in the new part of it. Raw. I'd walk with them. I just walk, just walk, just walk, because side by side, you don't have to talk mm. or you can talk or you can pick up a stone or you can mm. kick the sand or, you know, so it's it's. That's the piece, you know, just maybe find a walking buddy, find a walking therapist. But I I don't see that you should be going into therapy straight away. Mm -hmm. I actually think. Take, give, give it take a while. Time. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a bit like a, a strenuous operation, like a part of you has been ripped away. A member, mm. a member of your body has been taken away. And it's like it's too raw to start physio on it. You you can't. You have to let there has to be a certain amount of healing that has to be done from the inside out and then and then start, maybe. hundred percent. I yeah. would agree with that. Okay. I, and you know what's funny is I've often said this on the podcast and stuff is that in the early days of my loss, um, people would say to me, um, how are you? And I'd say, oh, geez, not great now. Oh, because this was when it was really starting to sink in. Yeah. And instantly they'd be like, well, go and talk to someone. Yeah. And I would be like, why? I don't like why <laughs> and that's um, their fear as well you know they're they're go, not able yeah, for that you, you better get help then yeah. and I'm like yeah. well I actually feel like I'm fine I feel like I'm coping fine it, this, is this not normal you know that's how I felt yeah. but then there did come a time and this is the thing I really feel like you'll know if you're not coping you're not struggling for me I couldn't get up yeah and that wasn't in the first year. Yeah. That wasn't even in the second year. There we go. It was yeah. maybe the third year. Yes. The first year I organised Tough Mudder and yeah. had 300 people with me raising money, building playgrounds. There it was go, 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 go. Yeah. Because that's what got me through. That's right. But then, then yeah. it came and it hit. Yeah. And therapy massively saved me. Yeah. Um, but it has been a process and it took some time. Um, I'm just going to pop through a couple of questions yeah. uh, as, again, back to it. So, so many people spoke about that. Yeah. The shock, the numb feeling that has come after shock. Yeah. How long does it last? So many people are speaking about a numbness. Somebody asked, would she have any advice for someone who feels completely numb almost two years since loss? Yeah. So so that's 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 the frozen, you know, and I suppose there's a lot of talk now on the brain, you know, and what's what's actually going on in the brain and you know, the fight, flight, freeze um, part. And and it's it's nearly like um, so so they talk about the brain like that, that that's the brain. And 
a blow or a trauma um, impacts us. So, so this is, say, the cortex part of the brain and it has clear thinking, reasoning, empathy, OK, and logic. But but all of that goes out the window when somebody dies. You can't think clearly. You know, nothing is logical. There's no reasoning with anything. It's it's all so, so that's flipped, so to speak. OK, and the amygdala, which is sort of the panic button inside, it's like the fire alarm system of the house. That's our fight, flight, freeze place. And that's our management, how we're coping. OK, now, I suppose I, I move it on and I know this might be a bit deep for today, but I move it on a little bit further in that the brain the brain is made up of the, the animal brain, which we can be animalistic at the time of death. And that means it's like transmarginal stress. It's like we are vicious and visceral. It's really, really hard and understandably. So we lose all reasoning. OK. The part of lifespan development that that is, is a place where you don't give a shit about anything. OK. And that's really the newborn. You know the way a newborn couldn't care less who's listening, what they're at. OK, so that's sort of our newborn self. This here is our, sort of our toddler self. So tantrums, sulking, going into ourself. So fight, flight, freeze, panic. OK, and this is my adult self where I can reason things. And, and it's like the adult is gone. The adult is gone within myself because uh, everything is, is gone with the shock and it has blown me out of the water that actually I have to try and find me. I So I'm stuck in this numb, numb place. OK, so what I would say is and, and again, this is what I, my mindfulness is what really saved me after after my psychotherapy training. But so this this is the, the fire alarm. I need to get this lid back down that has been blown away. So I, I, when I'm talking, I always say to people, there's a saying, your man would need to cop on to himself. He needs to come to his senses. So when I come to my senses, OK, so that's seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. It helps to bring my lid down. So all if if all you can do is watch a leaf falling from a tree, watch a bird picking listen to the sound of something, if that's all you can do, you are doing the very best you can to get this lid back down. And that will begin, if if you listen to David Attenborough or watch David Attenborough, it will be begin the thawing out. Wow. And the shivering. Back, back. So, so that's how I see it. And I suppose in my learning as well, I've again, a bit like recipes, there's lots of learning in there. So, the, you know, the recipes of my learning is there. That's um, incredible. It really yeah. is. OK. Yeah. So, yeah. So I hope that's very helpful. OK. Um, an awful lot of people um, speak about guilt. Hmm. How do you deal with the guilt of not doing enough while my husband was sick and dying, as an example? Um, how to deal another person, how to deal with guilt around loved one dying alone and not getting a funeral. The amount of people that are out there feeling guilt. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. So guilt is should have, could have, you know, so I'm so I'm regurgitating the past. OK, I'm going to share something that that helped me. And again, that's all I can go by is what helped me. So when I was doing my my mindfulness training, the biggest blessing for me was, and I'm going to use maybe language that isn't great here, but that's OK. <laughs> so um, 
there is four noble truths in, in Buddhism, okay? So the first noble truth is that it's called dukkha, that there is suffering, okay? So I have a huge belief that we all suffer. So there is suffering. Um, they call it dukkha, or I, I like to call it shit. Okay, so life is shit. So that's dukkha. But as human beings, we have an awful habit of adding shit to shit. <laughs> so dukkha to dukkha. So I always say to myself, when I hear myself doing the dukkha dukkha, step back from the dukkha. So I really hear, okay, the guilt. So there's so many things. And, and, and some of the things that I did do wasn't okay. And it's that, that guilt. But it is as it is. Adding guilt to it isn't going to change it. But what it's doing is keeping you in that dukkha dukkha, keeping you in that suffering. OK, so there is a way out of suffering, and that is to step back from the dukkha and you follow, you know, you follow. It's called an eightfold path. They're not all in my head, so I'm not going to say it if anybody wants to Google them. But it's clear talking, clear speech. But it's also our presence, because if I'm in the dukkha dukkha, I'm in the past. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in the of what is, is I'm in the future. And actually, all I have is right here, right now, and I'm missing out on all of that. It's keeping me away from the precious moments because we have no idea what's going to happen in the next moment. Mm. A- and I've seen it. Some people stay can stay stuck here. And next thing, there's another tragic tragedy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's all of this time that was stuck here where and now I'm carrying the guilt because maybe I should have been here mm-hmm. and and this is what catapults we have to live in the moment really yes we have one life but but what I would say is come out of thinking as best as you can guilt has a sensation in the body okay and a vibration so be in that okay just be in that so allow what is if I'm sad be sad because it's here. Mm. Don't push it away. You know, be mad. Be mad. Come here. Mm. Guilt. OK, let it in. Where do I feel it? Oh, Jesus, it's here. Mm. So sit with that and it nearly reaches like a crescendo and abates. Mm. It's I, I'd call them the brats on the bus. So I have the, the brat that's guilt, the anger brat, the, the bitchy brat, the, you know, but they're all these little ones. Oh, yeah. So I call them the brats on the bus. So so long as the adult is driving the bus, let the little ones up on your knee and tend to them. Wow. And they toddle off just like a little one. Just I wasn't expecting this today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. Um, OK, I guess that's another, you know, uh, thing is people overthinking. I guess it's guilt as well. Yes. Um, a lot of people. And as you rightly mentioned, Jeanette covered last week and mm. speak about family fallouts. Yes, um, they're very prevalent. How to deal oh. with that? Um, the different, you know, someone said the collapse of the family dynamic. Oh, it's hard. Um, it's so incredibly hard. How to cope with and deal with that? Have you any okay. thoughts on that? Um, so it's normal, yeah, first of all, there's, right? there's a few things. OK, so so one of the things is hurt people, hurt people. I'm, I'm angry, so I want to lash out. I um, I'm hurt. I want the world to hurt. 
I'm I'm so hurt. So I want. So it's that animal again. It's that I'm vicious. I'm you know. So it's all of that that's there. So that's that's so understandable that it's there, um, and it's unfortunate then if I attack somebody as the animal, I attack somebody with it. Um, so. Again, if if it becomes that I am the the punch bag for somebody verbally, it's not okay. So boundaries, you know. So I need to look after me, um, and I know in my own life I've I've learned not to hook into dramas because there's loads of hooks if you hook into it, and and I've learned and I am learning every day. I'm learning. Um, my last lovely learning was maybe about a year ago. Love with a full stop. So. Really love the person. No buts. And no interfering or no, well, maybe you should do this and maybe, you know, or have you done this or, you know, so it's your road. It's not mine. So if you come and you ask me something, well, then I can answer you and give you my opinion. But but aside from that, don't be hooking into stuff because that's where the trouble Mm. can start. And everybody is it's like a war zone, I suppose, when a death has hit a family. Everybody is in survival mode and, you know, that real it's 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 just devastating. The whole thing is devastated and fear and everything is there. So it's it's really hard, mm. really hard. Mm-hmm. And to breathe, you know, because there is going to be people that are going to say, you know, but it's like. I need to really mind me because I'm not able to mind anybody else and I have to put a cover over my my, you know, a boundary over mm-hmm. because an attack or a blame or there's all sorts that will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, so <laughs> um, I'm laughing at a question that I see there. Somebody asked, does everyone cry when they go for grief counselling? Is that the point of it? Um, <laughs> it's a, a, a humorous question, but it's yeah. obviously not meant to be. No, um, but it's also that. They cry, but they laugh because of course. In, well, in, you did what you want to do, but but also in the midst of the shit, there's such beautiful green grass. You mm. know, like if you go out, I always say go out into the garden, and that's where you see it, like the growth that comes from, and and th- there can be guilt when we laugh, but but actually, there there can be real joy in parts of what is you know there's there's just there's every emotion in it it's mm. it's just every emotion and sometimes oh we're not allowed to laugh or we're not we shouldn't be laughing now or we shouldn't be we are so can i allow what is is rather than trying to change it i yeah. agree yeah. yeah um i've had somebody um ask and i do believe i was asked this before where they have a lot of anxiety around the fact that the parents are going to die um in the next possibly 10 to 15 years, I'm already scared for how bad my grief will be. Um, I suppose that's about, again, anticipating in the past. Yeah, the, the but but it is. And, and, and it's like, you know, as, as I'm hearing that, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, all the energy that person is wasting, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm. and is not here right now um, because... She could be gone next year. It might be her parents in 15 years. This is what I'm constantly saying. I I do say that. Yeah. You know, I often hear some people saying, um, oh, I could be dead next year. Um, Older members of my family. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I could be dead tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. So get over it. How do you know? Like, (laughs) but but that's it. And, And but there's a piece of her that is 
it's habitual, this anxiety piece. And, and that is feeding something in her, mm. you know. So if it wasn't that, she'll have something else to, to you know. So it's I need to I'd be saying to this person, you know, really look at what is this that that it's it's not comfortable for me to be here now that that I need to be there. I'm, I'm constantly worrying what life will be like after mm. because after we don't know when after is and we have today. So, you know, what would it be like to go and really see them and really hear them and really be with them or mm. be with yourself? Mm. Yeah. Instead of worrying about Instead what of, ifs. Yeah. And that's um, that's the catastrophizing and anxiety. It's just it's it's an underlying anxiety that's there. Mm. Um, somebody asked, does talk therapy work for everyone? I felt it didn't help me at all. Maybe I'm too damaged. Um, yeah, the same okay. person says, how would I know if I'm still in shock, literally numb, physically and mentally one year plus? OK, so I just go back to the maybe I'm too damaged. Mm. And I, I suppose that for me, I, I really feel hurt in that, you know, um, talk therapy for some people, it, it works, you know, for well, for a lot of people, it works, but it's more, there's more than in talk therapy. It's it's about trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, um, I, I always tell the story, I wouldn't even let the chair hold me. I trusted nothing, nothing. Um, so it is that place of um, finding um, something that you can ground yourself with, you know, because to build a relationship and, and trust is is shattered. Um, and trust is shattered when when somebody dies, phew, you know, so like, well, I can't trust anything. The universe, this is the ultimate. So how can I trust somebody um, to hold my story? And so, you know, it's it's find, find a way, you know, um, you are not that damaged. You know, it's it's like all of this, these these pieces that of the shattering um, is waiting for you to begin, and and the healing is from within, and and it is to begin that journey. I would say you just haven't met the right person. You know, you haven't met the right therapist. Um, we that, don't we don't get on. Yeah. That has been asked oh. also. How do you know who's the right one for you? You know, in the first session, right? I I would I would. This is only from my agree. own personal experience. For me. Um, working with therapists, um, I will know. I will know in the first. Yeah, you know if you and click. yeah, and I and if they are like, really hearing me. Stupid, but it sounds like dating. Yes. <laughs> well, know. absolutely. Or or like you are going to be sharing your life with this person. So, like, I have to like this person. I have to feel that this person gets me in some way. So there will be cues within that first um, appointment that that will really mirror that mm. we don't get on with everybody mm-hmm. you know we don't you mm-hmm. know so that is a given but people think oh god I've started with this one now I better keep going no that's the problem no you see. I think people think they have to keep going no they it don't didn't work for me no they don't yeah I, and, so. and I know it's expensive I do know that mm. um but it is. And, you know, I said we started off with a as a, it's a heart business. It had to become a business, but it is the best gift that you can give yourself is to work on you to find out mm-hmm. you. Who am I? Mm-hmm. And, and, and all that's in there, because 
you can't see the wood from the trees sometimes. We're too in here that actually just somebody that will mirror it back to you um, gets you to open and see it's, yourself. It's actually fascinating how it works because I agree with that. Like there's times where I'm like, oh God, can I afford this now? Yeah. And I'm telling you, like I then I go, Cathy, you would go into pennies there and buy new pajamas, slippers, and a cushion cover. Yeah. And like, I found a therapist, and I cannot tell you. Yeah. Like, and this is what used to make me laugh. I would say, yeah, I don't think I've anything to say to her today. Actually, like this is maybe a year in. <laughs> I worked for, for about a year and a half, and yes. I'm like, I've nothing to say today. Maybe I should cancel the appointment. Yes. The next thing I'm on and she would not get a word in. Yeah. It'd be like, Bleh. yeah. And I don't understand really how it works other than, well, I loved with her that she would bounce things back off me because sometimes some people don't. And I didn't like that. That just wasn't yeah. for me. Yeah. And she would bounce things off. And I'm yeah. like, I can't lose this person yeah. in my life. Yeah. Because I would go to her and she'd just yeah. go. Yeah. And and she won't let you away with no. things either. Yeah, she in in, in a yeah. kind way. Yeah. I, I yeah. have no idea who yeah. she is. But, yeah. but 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 that that that's the therapist. You know that 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 actually will that bouncing back will will say things to you in a, in a kind way, but isn't going to you know. So if 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 I would see somebody is like, you know, not not and and it is. Can can I push just a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit? Mm-hmm. And see, see, mm. see. That's how the it beauty goes. of it yeah. being not a to go outside your friends and family circle. Oh, absolutely. to have a neutral voice because people will tell you what you want to hear and tell you everything that they will not tell anybody else. Mm. Like it's it's just an amazing like uh, for me, mm. um, you know, to be to be in that place where I am trusted with with that is 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 wow. Like so mm-hmm. so every day, every day that's there, mm-hmm. and and it's like and and the courage. And, and they also give me courage. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It works both ways, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Is health fear a real thing after the loss of someone young after illness and how to help with it? I certainly was full of health anxiety for a long time after my sister died because you're watching somebody. But it's understandable. Exactly that. Yeah. You know, so um, and the the thing is, there's, there's a healthy and, and then it becomes unhealthy. Mm. So so it is there's a natural um, anxiety because the genes and you know all of that sort of stuff so um, but then when I become fixated on it mm. then I need to go and and talk that through because that is like a stress or a, or an anxiety that I have just clung into that isn't healthy and, and actually will make me sick mm-hmm. yeah mm. um, losing yourself and your own identity following a loss I mean that's I speak to nearly every guest about mm. that, that, you know, life becomes different. Yeah. You feel like a new person. You have to kind of build a new life. But yeah. that's very normal, isn't it? Lose, to lose yourself and feel like, well, you've already touched on that, that you've lost yourself. There, you're gone. You're yeah. obliterated. But but the other part is, and, and I know I, I I learned this in my training years and years ago, um, that when somebody dies, you know, th- there's members in our body. So there's our arms and our legs are our members. Mm-hmm. OK, they're the members of our body. So we lose a member of our family. So it's like an arm is gone. There, there is a whole piece of me gone. Mm. Um, and I have to learn to live without that part of me. But instead of learning to live with that, without that part of me, I need to remember. So this is all about this remembrance. So so remembering is 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 bringing that member back 
to me in some way. And some people have some very beautiful, it happens, it happens straight away. They'll see a butterfly, they'll see a rainbow, they'll see. For me, my grandmother, it's a dice. I know if I'm not in a great place and I'll always have a dice in my bag because my grandmother, she was a great lady and she would have taught us card games as kids. Um, but she always had a dice and I always find a dice or I see a dice and I think, OK. So <laughs> these are the rememberings. So the rainbow is remembering, remembering um, time of year. You know, when somebody dies at a certain time of year mm. and maybe you're not even so aware that the death is coming. But but actually the smell of the air is actually bringing it back. So so I and I don't know what's wrong with me. And then when I put one and one together, it's actually our senses is is actually bringing me back to where or the time or whatever. And that's remembering. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, anticipatory grief. I lost my husband recently after a three year battle with cancer. I feel like I started grieving for him, our future, our relationship when his cancer returned in an aggressive and ter- terrifying speed. Is this normal? I would say from my end, 100 percent. I had the same situation with my sister, I suppose. We started grieving long before she was gone. That's a yeah, normal thing. That is a normal. It's mm. absolutely normal because because, you know, yeah, you know, and your body knows. And, and, and that's the piece it is. And, and that's really difficult. It's really difficult. So there's that. And then there is the griefing then on top of that, mm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a double. Mm. It's a double whammy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's Normal. really, really hard. Um, a person says, how are we supposed to work and we're living kids when grieving even 11 years on and no family support? You know, it's just. I suppose that's just a day to day stress that people are carrying. That's Lack really, of support is really hard. It's really, really difficult, really difficult. And and I'm also hearing that there is there, there, there's children there. So there is children that are that are here. And, and it is I've lost myself, like as in the, the you know, so I've lost myself because I've lost my child. Um, and it's really hard. But it is doing the very best that you can to get yourself back, get yourself back and get yourself back because there's these living children, you know, there's these children mm-hmm. and 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 bringing that child in, remembering um, the child in. It's, it's very difficult, but but. I would say definitely with no supports, this person needs to speak with somebody really needs to speak with somebody and really needs to get even a support like a support group. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know, it's like I need a family around me mm. um, and, and sometimes our family isn't our family. Mm. You know, there there are other people who um, can be there, mm. you know, and, and can be there. she's not getting the practical support like helping me with the school run or all that kind of thing. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and it's also putting her into the shit, mm. you know, because and, and that's it. That's all. That's all part of it. But as I said, you know, earlier, it's in the shit that we grow like she's going to there'll be a lot of growth and strength for her that she doesn't realize. Actually, it's 11 years on. She's been doing this. So. There's something very strong in her that's or him that mm. that's that's enabling her or him to, to keep doing that. Um, some of these are difficult to read, mm-hmm. but I'm going to read them anyway. Okay. Somebody says, I'm struggling staying alive. 
I just don't want to be here on this earth anymore. I miss him so much. That's all yeah. they said. Um, yeah. So and, and and that's understandable. You know, there's that that's true. So it's it's not about saying, oh, my God, you shouldn't be thinking like that. That's actually what you're thinking. And that's how you're feeling right now. You know, and, and it is that piece that, you know, as they say, you know, time heals. Time doesn't heal. Things just move in a different way. And, and it is about. Can I again come into my body? Because if I feed the thinking, it, that can lead me into all sorts. But can I actually feel the sensation of the huge amount of love that I have that that actually I'm obliterated because he's not here. So that's the massive amount of love that that actually this person has for him. And. Can I feel that in my body rather than going into the thinking, but actually lean into. That feeling bit by bit. Rather than, you know, come out of the thinking, because that's where it can bring us to to all sorts of places. Mm. Come into the feeling because. The body needs us to listen to it, it's screaming, screaming. So the little one. So so there's all this love in here. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to live without you. So I'm here. There, there nearly is no me. But but actually, if I slowly come in, I can remember, you know, bring him, bring him in and and be with that sensation that's there rather than the thinking. Oh, wow. I feel like this is a free session. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I think, unfortunately, I'm tight on time today, mm. which is terrible, but um We'll definitely have to do it again, <laughs> I'm hoping, because I think this will be really helpful to people. I, I hope so. I do oh, it will, so. for sure. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll do two quick ones. Mm. Finding closure or a family members who left when we lost Aaron never returned and no answers. So I guess, you know, people that have just walked away for um, finding closure for that, that to accept that these family members have just left. Yeah. And, and again, we can go into our heads and think all sorts. But actually, that's not going to change anything. This is the dooka dooka. Mm. It's shit. All, all the shit I add to it isn't going to change. So come back. Mm. Breathe, grieve for that, too. There's there's a grieving in that. Mm. So it's a, so it's a double grieving, mm. you know, and um, we have no control over anybody else. But we do over us. Mm. And, and it is OK. So can I love with a full stop mm. <laughs> as mm. well? Mm hmm. Yeah. OK, let's take the last one. Um, how do you stop replaying all the horrible and painful moments of someone's journey while dying? I suppose, you know, and to to connect with that, one or two other people mentioned, you know, PTSD. That's what I was just as you said that I thought, you yeah. know, you know, there's, it's PTSD that's there. Yeah. Um, and it is that sort of that fixated on it and stuck, stuck in that um, part of it. Um, so with that, I would I would be telling you to reach out and speak with somebody that, that you know, actually, that's that's not good for for you, you know, that that. It's finding it difficult to integrate the whole thing into the system. 
mm. in the devastation into the system where it's like it's just flashing um, and that's and that's really difficult. So what I would be saying to that person is that you definitely it would be advisable to reach out and talk to somebody and you will work through that. Mm. And that is how you will work through that. With a person who's trained. A trained, to guide you yeah, through it. absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Um, okay. But genuinely, hand on heart, this is going to help people so okay. much. And um, really why I had wanted you to come in was to show the human side of, you know, people are a bit intimidated by counselling sometimes and how do I know? And it's just trust your instinct, I suppose. Absolutely. And know that it's not scary. It's yeah. literally like what we've just done here now. Absolutely. Bashed it out. Yeah. You give such wonderful advice and yeah. you've such a depth of compassion and knowledge and kindness. And um, if people do want to dip their toe into therapy. Yes. You have the website. And again, as I said, we're not here. No, definitely not. No, and I, no. you say that openly. You're I like, know. I don't. Uh, but you see, me <laughs> and you decided to partner up and it, well, it was I asked you. And you very much were not, you know, I've, I've come across other companies and business and they're like, you need to do this, 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 this and this. And you're like, Kathy, please, no, like yeah. telling people they must sign up, yeah, no. which I love about you because yeah. I get it. Yeah. And that's why I wanted people to hear you. So if they feel yes. and only if they feel absolutely that they want some help and support. Yeah. Go to counsellingonline.ie. That's the best place to go. Counselling. Yeah. So and, and that genuine wherever wherever you are, we are, you yeah. know, that we will um, to our very best. And and again, we're all human as therapists. We, we're all human, too. So it, so it is that that peace. Mm. Find the one, you know, they're, they're there. Mm. Um, but counselling online, if, if you're looking for online counselling, you know, we're we are a heart business, I suppose, mm. to say that that's the important piece that mm -hmm. that we were built out of not wanting to have a business. We were built out of a need to, to reach people. And, and I suppose we love that. Mm. We love that. Piece. And also what, what happens is just to quickly guide people is when you get onto the website, you find a therapist. You choose. It's yeah about empowerment. So there's yeah. the pictures of everyone. Yes. A quick bio, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like Tinder or something. Yes. yes. <laughs> they'll tell you what they specialise in. And you yes. can, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm used to online counselling now. Yeah. I'm kind of like, mm, I like the look of them. Yeah. I give them a go and then you book a session. Yeah. So it can be a telephone, it can be Zoom. And then let's say you love that person, then mm. it's up to you whether you book more sessions or That's not. Right. If yeah. you don't like that person and you don't gel, you can try another one. That's right. right. And and also you choose who you want to work with, how you want to work and when you want to work mm. and where you want to work. Mm. So the choice is all yours. Mm. You know, you're not being told you have to see such and such a one mm. at such and such a time in such and such a place, you know. Mm. So it's about really because... When we come for therapy, in some way we've lost our power. We've lost energy, whether it's through the loss of somebody or through the loss of a relationship or through the loss of anything. We've mm -hmm. lost power. So our goal at the get go is to give you some power back and, and start from there. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the first step. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming in today. I'm thank sorry you. I don't thank have another hour. Thank you for having hour. me. Today. Oh, my God. It is my pleasure. It is my <laughs> pleasure. And thank you so much for supporting this. Okay. You are helping me bring this to people. So I'm yeah. really, really grateful to you. Yeah. So thank you, Mary. I'm, we'll, I'm we'll so delighted to, to actually because we've never done anything like this before. Mm. And to do it like this is just for us. It's super. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're a good match. Yeah. Great match. A great match. <laughs> thank you so much, Mary. Thank you, Cathy. Thank you.
Well, I do hope that you enjoyed that episode. Mary is just one of those really warm, as I said at the intro, calming presence to be around. She made me feel so much better just talking to her. And I'm so grateful to her for coming on and, you know, sharing so much wisdom. My God, she was blowing me away at every turn. The things that she said and the way she explained it, it just made so much sense to me. And I do hope that you guys found some sort of comfort in, you know, feeling less alone and having that understanding that what you're feeling right now is very normal and it is valid. If you are interested in checking out counselling online, just head to the website counsellingonline.ie and you'll see all of the therapists there and you know you can have a look to see if someone is the right fit for you. Thank you guys for tuning as always. If this episode has resonated with you and you have enjoyed it, please don't forget to share it, follow us, whatever you can do to help us spread the word. We really appreciate it and I will talk to you next time.